O thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. All right. Hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, I was looking at my show. There I am, people. <laughs> hey, I want to thank you guys for tuning in for this episode of Bible News Radio. As you know, I am your sweet and lovable host. Queued up with music to, like, totally tell you the same thing. Anyway, hey. All right. So here's the deal. Yesterday, not yesterday. Well, yeah, yesterday we took the day off, so hope you guys had a good restful Memorial Day. And today we are back, people. Yeah, we are. And we're going to be back with Papa Bear Alaska. We're talking about his book, Navigate Your Faith, A Christian's Field Guide to Not Getting Lost. And you know what, you guys, I have to tell you, I do not normally read the full book of most of my guests because I don't have time to do that. But for Papa Bear... Because he is a papa bear. <laughs> I did. And I have to tell you, go get a copy of it. Because you know what? You're going to... Um, how do I say this? You're going to be convicted when you read this book. At least I hope so. I hope. I hope you're convicted. Because conviction seems to be lost in the church these days. At least in America. Um, you'll be convicted, but also encouraged, I believe. Because he... Wait, he, he um, What's the word I'm looking for? He lays out different things like he isn't afraid to talk about obvious issues that are tough, right? Which is why today we named our show Flirting, Flattery, and Seduction. Yeah, we did. And that happens to be the name of a chapter. And I don't know about you, but like we when we last week we talked about al- alcohol and using it in moderation and stuff. Uh, this week we're going to talk a little bit about about flirting, flattery, and seduction, as well as some other things in this book. Of course, I can't give it all away, because if I did, uh, Ron would be mad at me. (laughs) What'd you ruin it for? There is an art to doing author interviews, people, just so you know. So, if you don't know who Papa Bear Alaska is, he is, uh, he's like a gold star periscoper. He gets 15,000 million views on his network, and yet he still comes to our little bronze star network (laughs) to share which, hey, I'm happy about, just so you know. And he has been on Christian TV. He's got his own little TV thing. Uh, he's an author, obviously. He heads up a ministry. And he really needs no introduction to this audience. So that's, well, that's all I'm going to say. So there you are, people. Today's guest, Papa Bear Alaska, a.k.a. Ron Pratt. Welcome back to Bible News Radio, Mr. Thank you for having me. It's great being here. You're welcome. Great being here. Okay, so I'm going to do my best to stare at the camera in front of me, not down on my computer. So don't think that I'm being rude because I'm not looking directly at you. Okay, just so you know. Uh, All right, so hey, what do you actually prepare? What do you prefer, prefer to be called? Just kidding. Well, it really depends on who I'm dealing with. So professionally in the ministerial world, you know, I'm probably pastor Ron, but most people on social media know me as Papa Bear. 
when I go into anything that has to do with youth outreach, youth ministry, camps, and especially our remote villages, I'm, I'm always Papa Bear and have been, and most of them only know me by then. I even get old elders call me Papa Bear, but um, it, it kind of depends on where I'm, where I'm at. That's cool. <clears throat> and, and especially when you're dealing with um, kind of a, a base of kids that for the most part don't have uh, families. And when I say for the most part, I mean the highest percentage of them the kids we work with are called kind of high risk, meaning mm-hmm. um, they're missing at least one parent, maybe two. Maybe they're being raised by a grandma or they're living with an uncle or they got pushed into a foster home or something like that. And so they have a real hunger for the family unit. And so when they spend time with myself and my wife, they take us on as parents and we become sort of like, you know, some of them are young enough. They take us on like grandparents, you know, but we're we're Papa Bear and Mama Bear to them. Aww. That's so sweet. So when you I, see them at Walmart, I hear a yell across the aisle, Papa Bear. And some <laughs> little native kid will come up and give us a hug, you know, and that's how they know us. That's cool. Okay. All right. <clears throat> that's a good answer. Yeah. I call I call Bearface Bearface and you know. What's the story behind that? Well, when his mom was well, when Randall was little, his mom called him Randall Pandle Bear. And when we were dating, I thought that that was really funny. I thought it was cute, actually. And so um, in my way of, you know, you know I love you if I pick on you. Okay. I mean, that's the true thing. If I give you a nickname, if I pick on you in public and try to humiliate you to some degree, you're in, you know. So, uh, I, and of course, not in a mean way. I would never do anything in a mean way. But when we were dating, I, I called him Randall Pandlebear in public. And <laughs> I always thought it was funny. He just kind of was like, whatever. <laughs> and and over time, I started calling him Bearface. And uh, anyway, that kind of, you know, it, it, well, that kind of, it kind of, I don't know. I've been doing it for so long, but. But then the last four years on Periscope in particular, people, everybody starts calling him Bearface. And some, in fact, somebody, who was it? Oh, yeah, we were at Pickleball yesterday. We were, Randall and I went and played Pickleball. And right. and there was some, a couple there that we only know from Pickleball. And they came up afterwards and the wife was like, okay, I always want to call you Ron, but I have, I can remember Bearface, but I can't remember, what's your real name? And... And she's like, oh, yeah, Randall. <laughs> I said, just call him Bearface. You know, pretty much every now, now people at Pickleball are just referring to him as Bearface. There are some people that don't feel close enough to him to call him Bearface. But anyway, that's how that came about. That's great. I like it. I like it. So it's Bearface it is. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about your book because um, there's a lot in here. Okay. So flirting, flattery, and seduction okay so these these are uh by the way i should say hi to everybody hi everybody hi everybody in periscope and facebook and i don't know i don't think we're on facebook but everywhere else uh thanks for coming in you you will enjoy this episode i hope you do anyway (laughs) okay so this chapter is called seduced by deception and the scripture you give is psalm 120 verse two, which says, deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. And you start the, you, you, um, you start the chapter out by talking about the whole issue of alcoholism again, or drinking alcohol, not alcoholism per se. 
Um, <clears throat> but then lead into flirting, flattery, and seduction. And you start with this question, is flirting acceptable if it's in moderation? And that's kind of where I'd like to start because um, first, I want you to define flirting. Um, and second, ex explain how it's done um, within the Christian context. Because I think, I think it's a problem. I've seen it myself. I actually called a friend of mine on it not too long ago. They didn't like it, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, flirting, um, the foundation of it and in, in, in the process of it, whether you're intentional or not, it's expecting a response. It's expecting a reward. Whereas a, a compliment is one-sided. A compliment, we, you can say, man, your hair looks great today. Um, and, and you kind of know the difference when you, when you, especially if you're on the receiving end, you should know the difference. But uh, I would have to say most flirting, which when you draw the line from a compliment to flirting, flirting is there's an intention. It's, it's step one of entrapment. It's some, um, uh, whether somebody is, is a full-blown predator after that other person or whether, whether they're just have a secret idea about that person. But, but when there's flirting going on, um, there's always an intent to receive something back. Okay. It's like take uh, give and take. And, um, and that always moves into something more manipulative. And so when you say, if we were just talking about the word manipulation, most people would have a story and, oh, I can't stand manipulating people or I can't stand to be manipulated, da, 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 da. But if you were to then to say, well, you're flirting as manipulating somebody, then then the truck stops and everybody goes, okay, wait a minute, what just happened here? You know, because mm -hmm. flirting's just fun. No, flirting is part of manipulation. Yeah. Well, and I think that there's different types of flirting as well. I know, I think the... The connotation to it is usually there's a sexual overtone, right? But I also think that there is not always that. I think that sometimes there is a um, enticement that goes with it that could be financial gain. I think it happens in business a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, and I do think, you know, there's there's other people. Well, I guess flirting like with disaster. That's a <laughs> that's another way of looking at it. You know. Um, well, I dare you to do blah, blah, you know. Right. So there's that level as well. Um, what do you think is the most common in, inside the church? And, that, and, and what would you call acceptable as far as that we see it as acceptable when really it's not? Yeah, well, uh, my personal experience is I would say no flirting is acceptable. I, I used to flirt a lot. And if you would have told me in my 20s that, that it was wrong. I would have had an excuse to wiggle my way out of it. Oh, I'm just complimenting this girl or whatever. But um, often men will flirt with many women to ha have them emotionally dangling and accessible um, uh, to them. And um, it, it's inappropriate no matter what age you are. And um, it's just a little bit more embarrassing when you're our age <laughs> and people haven't got out of their junior high flirtation yet. Mm -hmm. um, it usually develops to full-blown manipulation. If you talk to somebody who's ever had or experienced on either end of a intermarital affair, it would all start with flirting. Right. Nobody knocks on your door and goes, hey, I'm just in the neighborhood wondering if you want to have an affair today. And uh, it doesn't start with that. It usually starts 
with flirting. And, and that's where I get into the third party with, with texting and communication, you know, inside the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's interesting, you know, one of the, okay, I gotta take that out of my ear. One of the interesting things that, um, I'm just going to have to endure this without that. There we go. (laughs) One of the interesting things about living in Tennessee and in particular uh, playing pickleball a lot is that I work, I, I play with a lot of retired individuals, mostly believers, not all, Um, you know, mostly self-identified believers, mostly retired, which are 60s, 70s, even some in their 80s. And what I can honestly tell you is in a group of probably close to 100 people that I know, of course, some of them are women, but let's say 80% of them are men, because there's a lot of men. Um, I would say of the 80 or so men that I have played with, uh, there's probably two people out of that whole bunch that actually do any type of flirting with anybody. And and I only bring that up just to kind of let you know that that, at least in my area, in this recreational thing that I do, uh, where I have a lot of contact with the opposite sex, um, that most of the men here are, are generally respectful. And, and what's really funny to me, because it's not funny at all, actually, is this guy, the one that does flirting, he actually did it with one of my friends and she hauled off and smacked him one and told him never, ever, ever say that to me ever again. <laughs> and, you know, he respected her with it, but she, you know, her previous husband, you know, committed adultery. And so I can totally understand why she would be, you know, why she would have that reaction. But, but anyway, I just thought I'd share that. (laughs) Yeah, it, it's way more prevalent. And, um, and, and I'm dealing in this book with just people inside the church. And if you're watching this for the first time, you're wondering what navigate your faith um, a Christian's field guide to not getting lost. It's literally a book written for anybody who calls themselves a Christian, whether, and that's a whole nother story, what that might be. But anybody that says I fall under that, that banner at some level, I consider myself on that side of the fence. This book is for you. So, uh, so I'm not deciding whether you are a Christian or not. If you call yourself a Christian, this book's for you. I don't care what church background, what country you're from then this is for you. And so I'm dealing not with the non-believer, which we would be discussing it maybe differently. Mm-hmm. I expect a non-believer to flirt with people. I would be surprised if they didn't. And I realize that there's non-believers who have a high moral standard. I've met them. Some of them, their standards are higher than some of the Christians I've met. So I understand that. Yeah. But as a rule of thumb, I would not have a problem with secular people, which means not of God, people who don't believe or profess to follow Jesus, to do any of those things, because that's it. And I'm not, I'm certainly not here to judge you on that. But for those of us that call ourselves Christians, we land in a whole different category. We literally land in a judgeable category. If you read Matthew, you'll figure that out. And so um, we, we have a higher standard. And some of those things that we see outside the church should not be within the church. And when I say church, I'm not talking about a building you drive by, in town. I'm talking about whatever that body is, that church organization, that church community, that church family, if you will. Right. I, and I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. So, you know, last time when we talked, one of the things that we discussed was the seduction of entertainment, right? And mm-hmm. um, and I saw somebody today 
uh, who, I, I just won't say who they are, but they're a well-known Christian leader, in my opinion. And generally speaking, their online Christian witness is really stellar. But they actually, on their Instagram account, just, I guess it was technically last night, they highlighted, they were at a concert, and they were highlighting some other believer dancing seductively, having fun to the secular music. And I thought, I, I cringed when I saw it. I thought, you really should not be doing that. Don't you understand that that, that right there, some young man or a lesbian woman who's watching this may, you know, get turned on by that or whatever. Um, and, and I thought, isn't it interesting how, and you know, and I didn't message him. I should have, I should, but I, but I thought, isn't it interesting how even with some of, some of, some, some who are more mature in the faith and this person is, um, they even sometimes put that stuff out without even thinking about it. Um, you know, and maybe I'm an old fogey, but that's just kind of how I saw it. So, yeah, I, I think often, um, and this book covers it in in probably every chapter, but with a different angle. Um, we've taken on a standard of living and a standard of of who our heroes are, who we look up to, who our um, mentors are, people who we should be quoting their quotes. We take on a real worldly view of that, and and I'm not sure at what point that happened. I think it was gradual. I think there was a a slow undermining that happened of our, of our moral fabric. I think uh, there was something that happened over time and maybe, you know, everybody has an opinion of when it started. It could have been in the sixties, but it could have been way before that, but we see the breakdown, but um, especially in the chapter when I'm talking about, um, we talked about this last week, but uh, Hollywood versus Hollywood is really like even, even Hollywood, even Disney, we take our shots for them. Well, they said that's a good movie, so I guess it's a good movie. Or they say that's clean entertainment, so I guess that's what clean entertainment is. And at, and at some point, we used to lead, just like the Hayes Code we talked about, we used to lead Hollywood in standards and held them to a standard. Now they lead us in standards, but that standard uh, is much lower, light years lower than it ever has been in the past. So somewhere we took on this thing called worldly view, worldly concepts. We process everything through a world filter, but then we take on Jesus and we just run him through that same filter. Instead of changing the whole mindset, and there's supposed to be an actual transformation of our thinking, as Paul said. And so instead of doing that, we're still thinking like the world. We've just added Jesus to it. And there's a, a chapter called the Jesus Addendum. And that's really the concept is we've taken... Jesus and the concept of the cross, the work of the cross, and just added it to everything else. And now it's okay. And so that's like adding something good to a milkshake that's already had some, some dog crap thrown in it. And somehow the milkshake's okay now. And the truth is, it's really not. That's right. Well, yeah, that's right. Okay. There's a lot of stuff I could say, but I'm trying to think which one I want to say. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, it's true. And hi, everybody that just came in. Hi, glad you're here. And thank you. I've seen some of you guys share that out. So I, I appreciate you sharing it out. Okay. So, you know, it's interesting because we're, we're, you know, I, I was talking to a friend not too long ago. Um, how do I say this? Well, hmm, no, I can't do that because I don't want to ruin that part of the book. Um, 
Ooh, see, this is what makes it hard because I've read the whole book and I don't want to mess. I don't want to ruin it for you guys out there who are going to get it because you're going to want to get this book. Um, I find it interesting that some Christians don't believe you can legislate morality. <laughs> okay, to which I, which I would say, <laughs> which is funny wow. to say that. Well, to which I would say everything is. Morality is going to be legislated by somebody. It may as well be Christians because we have better yeah. morality. At least yeah. I think so. And I think the basis of our law is biblical. It doesn't necessarily mean all of our laws are biblical, but the foundation of this country is, you know, based in the biblical law. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk about flattery because that was the other thing. Flirting flattery. Okay, I know we talked a little bit about it, but how many of you well, out there? Well, yeah, no. what I write in, in that chapter is really the flirty. Think of that as step one, flattering step two, which moves on to the next one that you're probably going to want to talk about, which is seduction. Yes. And um, But um, flattery is, in a, and I believe in the book, I actually have Webster's definition of it. I'm, I'm looking through yeah, my notes. Yeah, you do. Um, you want me, you do you want me to read that. it? I can read yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so flattery, let's see, where is it at? There's flirtation. <laughs> I got. Did I underline that part? Wait, doesn't look like I did, but I know I have it in here. Let's see. Flattery. Okay. Flattery, flattery. Okay, you talk about... Well, first of all, well, let's go back first, though. You say flirting is hurting, which I really like. Okay. Mm -hmm. I thought that was good. Good. Um, uh, let's see here. Oh, and you talk about not only... Okay, that's the other part. You talked about seduction there. Okay, let's talk about the word seduce. Okay, flirting. I'm, I'm reading the book backwards, people, just so you know. <laughs> uh, well, flirting is hurting. I'll just make comment on that. There's yeah. probably everybody watching this, either live or in the replay, you probably have a story of where somebody flirted with you and it kind of burned you and um, because it sets up expectation. So when somebody flirts with you, and, and I'm not going to say um, – you know, you get in trouble anymore if you separate men and women and really define their personalities and their differences. Right. But the truth is, as a rule, probably women get more burned on the flirting than men do. I'm just going to say yeah. we it's not because we're more resilient. Uh, probably most men just kind of don't care and they move on. Whereas women relationally connect with those comments of of um, compliments and those those words of appreciation and those words can can take a real deep root meaning and um I, those are things that i reserve for my wife and i really want to compliment her in that way but flirting is is it really cause, causes hurting it really does and i think people can probably comment and say yeah it has for me or probably have a story yeah all right i'm not finding it <laughs> But I am finding that you wrote around it. So I'm not seeing the actual definition like you wrote with the, the flirting. But you say here, um, uh, flattery is the primary tool used by someone influenced by the Jezebel spirit. Flattery is often used to pry open a door to endorsement by church leadership, although offering sincere compliments that edify others and the body of Christ are good. Flattery differs in, in its motive, and, and that's uh, John Paul Jackson, who yeah. wrote a book called Unmasking the Jeze Jezebel Spirit. 
And you went on to write, manipulation is essential to Jezebel and all seducers. So let's take a look, a closer look at manipulation, which is the act of manipulating the state or fact of being manipulated, skillful or artful management. Yeah. Now, manipulation is not a bad word. So when you drive down the highway, you manipulate your steering wheel to stay within the lines of your lane. So manipulation is, is when you're causing something to go in another direction. It's when you're manipulating it, whether physically or verbally or, or whatnot. Right. But when, when it comes to relationship and you manipulate people, you're gaining control. When I grab the steering wheel, I'm manipulating a form of control over it. But if I manipulate people, I'm manipulating a form of control over them. That's where it's unacceptable. And that's if you've ever been manipulated by somebody, whether it's a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, uh, relative, parent, whatever, um, you know, employer, it, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't sit well. And it usually leaves a mark. Yeah, it does. Or a salesperson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just saying, that's why people don't like salespeople because they feel manipulated by them. I have fun with salespeople. Um, uh, my wife's constantly laughing. So if I can tell it's a sales call, they, within the first two seconds, you know it's a sales call on your phone. Yeah. And so I jump into another accent and I just start talking about puppies or, or whatever. And, and usually eventually they hang up, but I have fun with them. Why not just yeah. say, I'm not really interested. Thank you for calling and then hang up. Well, I just enjoy it for my own personal. <laughs> so I'm using their time to entertain me. They're calling my number, so they came into my zone. <laughs> oh, okay. So now we see some compromise in your life. That's okay. It's all right. I get it. I I actually I actually have to admit, years ago when I had people call me up to try to sell me something, I would ask if it came in Braille, especially if it was a book, and <clears throat> and usually they would hang up on me. I that mean, would shut down right there. Well, right? yeah. I mean, I didn't, you know. Some occasionally somebody, I think I had one guy, one kid, actually a smart kid say, are you blind, ma'am? And I'd be like, nope, just thought I'd ask if it's in Braille. <laughs> now, I see Chris on here. Have you had Chris on your show? I don't know who Chris is. So maybe, maybe not. Free to laugh now. Free to laugh now. Uh, probably not. Okay. I see that he joined. Uh, Hello, Chris. Okay. So what does Chris do? Uh, Chris is actually a minister in San Francisco. Oh, bless and your heart for being there. He, yeah, that's that's a, quite a place. And he does a lot of broadcast from there. But um, yeah, he, he's a great guy to, to talk to. Hi. Okay, cool. All right. So, okay. So the flirting, flattery, and seduction. Gosh, I can't believe we've already been on here a half hour. Um, let's talk about the seduction just briefly before we go to our break. Okay. So as we know, um, you know, the media likes to, uh, in this, oh, I got to bring this up. This drives me crazy. Okay. How many of you play games on your phone? I do. I play, I play some. Okay. Just saying. In fact, there's this game I like. It's called, what is it called? It's called, I forgot what it's called. <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's a game where you, it's, um, Randall, what's it called? It's the one that, you know, you try to find stuff. The, oh, I don't know where you find the differences. I don't know. What yeah, it's called. differences. Actually, actually, the name of it. Okay, it's called differences. So basically, it gives you two pictures, one on top of the other, 
and then you're supposed to find where the differences are. It's basically an observation game. You can go ahead and you can observe where the differences are and you get points. Well, you don't get points. You just get to find it in a limited amount of time, right? Well, I figured, hey, I would start playing that. But after every game, they play an ad, okay? And one of the ads on this mobile phone game uh, concerns another game. And the whole thing that they're doing is they're using it that it's actually a moral question they're they're posing but you it's called choices but you have to make the choice so so and so finds her boyfriend in bed with another woman this is literally the ad right this is geared towards kids what choice does she make does she smack him on the face or does she like jump in bed and do a threesome i'm i'm not kidding you this is literally the type of choice that they're throwing out to whoever's observing this ad um <clears throat> So I bring that up just to let you know that those type of things are even being put forth on games for 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 kids, uh, let alone all the cultic stuff out there. But but the seduction factor in that is it's not just um, always some woman who's like the Jezebel, you know, seducing, but also there's the Casanova, as you mentioned in here, you know, that comes and tries to woo um, somebody. You know, in fact, I actually read a, an article recently where this guy um, was a Casanova. He he was doing online dating and he stole some identities of like three or four different women he dated by by luring them and, you know, and flirting with them and then ultimately seducing them to give info. Um, so talk about that, if you don't mind. <clears throat> <laughs> well, um, you know, as you get into this book, it's literally following the lives of these characters. We, right. we haven't spent much time talking about the characters, but I think as people read this book, you're going to get hooked into the the different personalities because if you'll notice, each personality is very distinctly different than the others. There, and and that, I think that uh, I didn't purpose that; it's how it came out. But um, but you get to see their different <laughs> viewpoints and whatnot, and. Um, in this chapter that we're talking about right now, chapter six, you see Cindy, the main character, talking about her experience. She's really wa walking through her experience with her mother. Her mother is very um, flirtatious and seductive, and 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 she's having kind of those light bulb light bulb moments where, wow, maybe this had something to do with my parents' divorce, you know, and. Um, and so as you're reading through that, I think people are going to start to help as we're just talking about these words, these subject matters, when you put them in the contents of the context of an actual, you know, family situation. And as they're walking through life, I believe people are going to, it's going to start to really kick. It's going to start to like, okay, it's the dots are connecting. Now it's not just a word. We're not just talking about seduction. We're talking about this person who's going through life and how they use this and how it's actually hurting their life how it's actually bringing hurt it's bringing bitterness which i talked a little bit more in chapter eight about bitterness yes. but um it's it's actually bringing a place of non um, relational success into their life so uh this is what i have found is people you would think someone who's really skilled at flirting has really great relationships it's just the opposite so people who are really skilled at flirting and at manipulating and um and um and and such uh they literally have the most broken relationships 
you know, <laughs> I was, I, w I won't give his name, uh, um, but I was watching a guy, I don't know, maybe a year ago on Periscope and he was, had a title. I went to it just randomly because he was talking about love, relationships and marriage. So as he's talking, I realize, and he's got a doctorate in some sort of psychology. I don't know what level or there's departments, you know. Right. And so I started asking the question, so are you married? And he's like, no. Have you ever been married? No. Um, are you in a relationship? No. Have you ever had a functional relationship? And he said, no. And then I said, so you're giving advice on marriage and on love and on relationships, but you've never had one, a successful relationship. And he said, well, yeah. And I go, that's like a mechanic that's never opened the hood of a vehicle <laughs> and they're, and they're giving you advice on doing something they've never done before. And, yeah. uh, and I think that mentality is out there in our world right now. Like if you, if you type on just whether it's Periscope or any social media, if you type like, let's talk about relationships, you usually find a very broken person, not always, but usually a very broken person who's never had a successful relationship in their life. And, and usually on that broadcast, you're going to find a whole lot of flirting. Yep. And that's the very thing that takes them down that dark road of unsuccess uh, relationally in the first place. And so um, if we understand how it gets into a family, how it gets into us as an individual, I think it's probably more um, connected to what I talk about in the next chapter, which is really, you know, I think some people call it self-esteem, self-worth. Um, I would call it insecurity. Yeah, you know, you raise a, um, <laughs> I have, I have a lot of things going through my mind. Um, but you know, but you're right, you're right. And, and what I will say is what's interesting, if you want to talk about seduction, flattery, and, and flirting, Periscope is like a, um, <laughs> what do I call it? A cesspool of that stuff. In fact, there are some big name people that used to be on Periscope that are no longer on Periscope because they did everything. They did all that. And some of us exposed them. Some of them realized that they're just slime buckets uh, trying to be all Casanova-ish. And they got busted to, and they went to some other platforms. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I can say that a friend of mine, I called out on some, some stuff. Um, they did stop. But, you know, what I can tell you is that they're not good in relationships either. And it's like... But they act like they are. They're like, oh, look at me. I'm so great. But I'm like, you are so not great. You're lucky I'm even your friend. Because <laughs> <Yeah>, anyway, <laughs> anyway, there's, you know, some people just don't, they, they can't see the forest for the trees and they can't take the log literally out of their own eye. Uh, and why some people are seduced by these scoundrels and stuff. Um, it's, I, I think you touch on it later in the book when you talk about the whole brokenness issue and needing a father's love and what that's all about. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, let's just face it. It's hard, you know, healing and being healthy in a healthy relationship is difficult, you know, mm -hmm. and I can honestly say for me, praise God that he gave me the wisdom as a teenager to get the help that I needed. And he blessed me with a wonderful husband who was willing to go to therapy and deal with some of the generational curses and the brokenness of our past not because of us, but because of our parents undoing all that stuff and redoing it. And I can say confidently, 
you know, all, 30 years I've known my man, you know, 27, been married almost in August, you know, yeah. and, and, yeah. and that's a testimony when you consider our parents had 12 marriages before between them. Okay. Wow. So 12 yeah. marriages between my husband and me, uh, our yeah. parents, incest, divorce, alcoholism, domestic yeah. violence, all included on both sides of the family. Um, and yet Randall and I are still standing. So, you know, don't tell me that God doesn't work and he is, he, his ways don't right. work. Cause right. if you work it, they do. Yeah. But if you, if you are too lazy to work it, let's just say <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. And if we don't make a spiritual change in our present, our past will always be attached to us. And it sounds like you had a lot of strands from your past that had to be broken. A lot of things that had to be cut off and that's pretty amazing. And that's a testimony in itself. But there's so many people who are, are walking through. And they're like, I don't know why I'm like this. Well, mm -hmm. all you have to do is look at the last generation and maybe you got it from your parents. Maybe you got it from somebody else. Maybe you learned it in, in some other fashion. But the point is um, you can't have functional relationship and operate in this this form of, 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 of you know, flirting and flattery and seduction and manipulating people's minds, hearts, and purposes. Um, I think too, and something when I, I do a lot of um, uh, like men's retreats and I especially do stuff with young men um, uh, in our programs. And when I have the young men together, I talk really specifically about uh, really being a protector, not being a predator. Amen. And I talk to them about every, every girl from your past, present, and future is somebody's daughter. And, um, you know, uh, if, if you look from biblical standards, uh, if you defiled somebody's daughter, they had the legal right to kill you or to maim you or to, it was up to them. They were judge and jury. Uh, now, we've gotten away from that, obviously, but there was a fear in society, like, don't mess with the Johnson's daughter. He killed the last guy. And so yeah. and so and then and then women got treated better. Right. So women were treated way better. It's not like we, we've evolved into treating women better now actually if you go back several years ago th there was there was a, a real honoring of women in many societies across the world and um one of those is really treating them with with a respect and treating them like um like they're true princesses you know and um, we we've gotten away from that um uh, i think it's very um immature when i see grown men just flirting with a variety <laughs> of different women and I, I think in their defense, they they don't really understand the consequences of what they're doing. They don't understand how they're really actually maybe hurting somebody. They don't know how they're really um, hurting those individuals. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they don't care. I don't know. I'm trying to be, uh, uh, you know, more um, graceful in that and say, well, maybe they just don't know, you know, and, th and that's, and that could be possible. But, um, but then there's those people who I run into that, uh, they know what they're doing. They're good at manipulation and they're doing it for the very purpose to hurt somebody. And it really hurts the family because once you've been manipulated, male or female, it makes you cautious to trust relationships. And you would think it would motivate a person to be more careful into what relationship. It seems to, um, you know, uh, be careful what relationship they're going to get into next. But it seems like it seems like that broken heart keeps them in a broken state. And people will then seem to be drawn more to another person who's going to verbally abuse or or manipulate them. And 
And, um, and I address that on, in different outer rings throughout this book, but you really get the sense of that. Um, there's a way to treat people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's pretty simple. It's laid out in the Bible. There's a way to love <clears throat> people. There's a proper way to do it. We believe as Christians that we really have the answer to that. We're not forcing it on anybody. We believe that we can live that. And, and uh, for those of you watching, um, I haven't met, it's been a lot of years that I've met a Christian who thought they were perfect. I haven't met any. I just, I just meet a lot of people who realize that they found an answer and they're moving, they're moving towards, you know, that, that life of, of, of purity and they're stepping away from their past and they're finding freedom from things in their past. Like you just talked about. And one of those is manipulation. One of those is seduction. Um, and as I talk further in this chapter, really seduction is, is really a form of witchcraft. It really is. And whether somebody understands the spiritual implication there, I don't really care if you understand it. I'm just telling you it really is. Yeah. It, well, it is. I mean, think about I mean, okay, I got to take a break. But I will say, you know, the father of lies, that's his that's what he does. That's what temptation is underlying. Everything around us has to do with that. I mean, you know, whether you're tempted by, you know, a cookie or you're tempted by buying a new vehicle that you don't need or whatever, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of different type, um, you know, marketing. That's all it is. All marketing is, is learning how to seduce somebody to do what you want. Even us selling this book to you people, we're in a sense marketing it. Well, we are marketing it, but not, not a mean way, not, <laughs> not in a seducing way, but really we're being honest. This is what the book's about. But, you know, <clears throat> the world, they will use Carl's Jr. or Hardy's, whatever you want to call them. They'll put a, a half-dressed woman on a soapy car with a big, or a big hamburger in her face saying, if you buy this hamburger, you can have this luxurious car. I mean, it's ridiculous. It drives me crazy. Whatever. Anyway, uh, I want to tell everybody, if you're new to the show, I'm Stacy Lynn Harp, your sweet and lovable host. And my guest today is Ron Pratt, also known as Papa Bear Alaska. He is here. We had him back faster because he's got a schedule. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to get him for months, I guess. And so... Anyway, it was so fun last week. We decided to have him back this week. Don't forget, you guys can go get the book here, Navigate Your Faith, over at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever other books are sold. I'm not going to say they're all fine books because, you know, Amazon sells lots of stuff that's not good, but you can still get this book there. Yeah, you can. And you know what you should do, in my opinion, and Ron didn't ask me to do this, but if you buy this book, you should go read it first and then give it an honest review and write a review because that way it will get boosted in the Amazon rankings, <clears throat> just so you know. Speaking of books, I have a book coming out soon, <laughs> also called Pickleball Faith Inspiration on and off the court. This book is really a book about relationships, and so it's not just about pickleball. It's really not about pickleball. I mean, it is, but it's not. It's mostly, you know, it's centered around pickleball, but it's actually a book about relationships. And, uh, that will be coming out hopefully next month, maybe maybe July, depending on how quick I can get it printed. Um, but anyway, so that's just, you know, that's coming down the pike. Also, I want to let you know, Ariel Ministries is our sponsor. Uh, and if you guys haven't heard yet about Camp Shoshana, um, School of Messianic Jewish Studies, if you have the money and the time to go up to Camp Shoshana, you should do it. Just saying. If you want to grow in your Christian faith, uh, go up to the Adirondack Mountains up there. They have camp, 
and you can hang out with Messianic rabbis, get some really great teaching uh, from July 7th through September 2nd. And they have like, um, they have a week um, up to, I think, four or five, six, seven weeks, something. I don't know how many weeks that is, but they have numerous weeks that you can go up there. Um, and they feed you. There's scholarships if you need it. If you want to learn more, go to ariel.org. And don't forget, when you go to ariel.org, you can also use the coupon code Bible News and save 20% on anything. In fact, I want to encourage you to get the first Peter study that we're currently doing, which we'll be doing tomorrow, I think. We'll continue our Bible study in First Peter tomorrow here on Bible News Radio. Thus the name Bible News Radio. <laughs> anyway, get the get the outline. Uh, and then uh, also the, the Feasts and Fasts of Israel. Is that right, Randall? That's right. Okay, that's the other book. And that was one of the hardest names in the world for me to say. But I can read it well. I say it good in my head. But the Feasts and Fasts of Israel... <laughs> This their historical and prophetic significance. That's hard to say, uh, and but it's a good book, so you guys can get that to save twenty percent um, on that. Also, one other thing I want to tell you. Um, let's see. Okay, there's that. I'm trying to remember, is there more than one thing I want to tell you? I think. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> so this is the end of the month. And I announced this yesterday on my show. Um, well, it was on a separate Periscope. You guys know I sell Legal Shield. That is really kind of an unofficial sponsor of our show is Legal Shield and Identity Theft Protection. I uh, want to let you know that I'm running a special through, uh, through actually, you know what? I was going to run it through the end of this month, but I've changed my mind. I'm actually going to run it the first two weeks of June, which is basically next week from onward and here's what my special is okay so you can contact me through bit.ly forward slash loj 2019 that's all caps by the way um so here's the thing what i want to do to bless you and this is part of the reason yesterday was memorial day kind of tied into memorial day but but next month is my one year anniversary in legal shield selling it and i gotta tell you guys randall and i we were talking about it and you know and how how in a year, <laughs> it's amazing to me how much I've grown as a person just selling this stuff. Because uh, it really is character building <laughs> to be a salesperson, just saying. But what I want to do um, is because it is my year anniversary starting next week, um, I want to offer 25% back on your membership for the first month. So basically what I'm saying is you sign up. Uh, for for Legal Shield or I or ID Shield or one of the supplements, um, and then I'll give you twenty five percent back on that first month's membership, as my way of saying thank you, but also as my way of just encouraging you and thanking you for supporting our show. Because look, here's the deal: Paul was tent maker, me, I do Legal Shield, I do coaching, and I also do this show in order to support the show. Um, and I was thinking about it. I was thinking, I wonder if t Paul ever actually, you know, made a tent for somebody and just said, eh, here you go. Or here, I'll give you a discount because you're a brother. <laughs> you 
He might have. I don't know. We don't know much about Paul in his actual tent-making activities. But what I do know is that the brethren didn't support him enough in his ministry so that he had to actually go and do tent-making. So those of you who have supported us uh, through donating to us, I want to thank you for that because you guys rock. You are our pillars of the community, and you guys can keep being pillars by donating every month there. Because um, as you know, we're here seven days a week, so it's not like you don't know where we're at. We're always here. You can give there. Um, or if you want to support us through your membership to Legal Shield or ID Shield, uh, then next the next two weeks, and I will honor it actually this week too if you want to sign up this week. But for the next two weeks in June, uh, I will also uh, do the 25% back for you. Um, just as my way of saying thanks. And believe me, um, I have to tell you, I signed up somebody today. And literally, and this is the honest truth, literally within 10 minutes of them signing up, they logged into the back office. They figured out what it was that they needed. They went into the form section in there and they said, oh my gosh, this is the form I needed. And they looked through it and they said, that's all I needed to do. And I said, yep. And he said, that just saved me 250 bucks. It cost him 25. Just saying. All right, guys. So, um, <clears throat> so that's my, that's my ask. That's my give for you today. All right. Um, also, uh, you know, don't forget anything that you buy through our website also helps support our show. So don't forget to go to BibleNewsRadio.com. Okay. All right. And I will be putting Navigate Your Faith in my Amazon store uh, soon. <laughs> that way, if you buy it through there, I get something back on that too. All right. So Ron, welcome back. I uh, appreciate you waiting through that infomercial there. No problem. <clears throat> um, and, uh, and all that. Okay, so there's a lot more in your book. And, you know, there's, I, gosh, I don't want to ruin the whole thing. You know, I don't want to ruin it. Uh, so I will give you the option to go where you want to go. How's that, huh? Because I, I read the rest. So um, where would you like to kind of... To, to kind of finish up, we were talking, we hit a little bit on chapter seven. But um, you just got to read it to get the fullness of it. There's too much content there to talk about. Yeah. But there's one bullet statement I'll pull out that I think that people might find interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, the enemy will breach your security through your insecurity. And so I'll say that again. The enemy will breach your security through your insecurity. And I think that's why so many people have find themselves um, um, a, a um, kind of a revolving door of maybe bad relationships or being a subject of manipulation um, or even being the manipulator over and over again in a relationship. I think it's all tied. It's probably tied to a lot of things, but I think it's tied to one thing called um, insecurity. Mm -hmm. So when you're insecurity about who insecure about who you are as a person, man or woman, if you're insecure about who you are and uh, of your importance, your worth, um, it really affects how you think about everybody else. It really affects how you treat everybody else. And the enemy, we believe that there's a devil that's literally our enemy, that people aren't our enemy, but, but you know, it's uh, principalities. And as, as Paul said, but I always say it's uh, principalities, not personalities. And so if we remember that, um, the enemy will take advantage of every insecure part inside of our soul, inside of our being. And will exploit that. And so, if you think of of a of a wall of defense in a military sense, um, a when they say, "Hey, there's been a breach in security," that means somebody 
manipulated through and made a hole in the wall. Somebody came through and found it. Insecurity um, just means there's holes in our heart. There's all these little holes that the enemy can breach our security. And so that feeling of security is something we all want in relationships, in marriage, in life, in family, from our, a father, from even a mother. And um, many of us grow up without having that in a physical way. And we ha- go, we grow up without that in a, maybe an emotional way, but that insecurity will give the enemy opportunity to breach our security. That is so true. Very well said, by the way. <clears throat> very well. I mean, that's very well said. You know, and in fact, it's interesting because in the book, you talk about a father's heart, father's love. And um, with the your main character there, Cindy, right? Cindy and Jason? <laughs> yeah, Cindy and Jason. There's a lot yeah. of people. I just want to make sure I got it right. Yeah, okay, Cindy. Okay, so she... So she she goes and, and sees her dad after not seeing him for a long time. Um, and, you know, I'm reading this because I didn't grow up with my dad either, so I was kind of interested in that chapter. Um, one thing, though, that I never, like with me and my dad, I never didn't feel loved by my dad. I just didn't feel like he cared, <laughs> which I know it, does, it sounds like the same thing, but it really, I always knew my dad, dad loved me. I just didn't think he cared to be around us because he was never around us. So, yeah, anyway, it's kind of interesting now. But the way that you wove in the conversation between uh, the pastor's uh, husband, well, the pastor, you know, and his wife, I thought was very interesting and very cool. And I also noted that when you uh, wrote about Jason and, and him meeting the guy on the airplane who ended up becoming his coach, um, there was there was some very um, interesting tie-ins there, and what I know, and this is why I bring it up. I'm kind of ruining it a little bit, you guys, but not really, because you got to read it. What I like that you did through the book is that you actually showed you showed where their struggles were. You showed how God puts people in their life to deal with it, more mature yeah. people, and you showed how they were willing to be taught. And I think that that is the biggest issue that one of the biggest issues when you were talking about pride last time you were here, I think one of the biggest prideful things that most people do is that they think that they can do life on their own and they're too independent. And that's just not the case. Randall and I didn't get where we're at in our marriage because we decided to do it on our own. I had a therapist. He had one. We had we had separate marriage counselor. Um, I had a male counselor as well as two female counselors at some point. I mean, yeah. we invested. Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. I took that literally, and I got a lot of therapists to help me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I thought that was cool the way that you did that. I, I think uh, there's probably a lot of people even watching now that um, you're in a place maybe – emotionally or 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 relationally that's really difficult and you're reaching out to other people your your peers you're reaching out to people that most likely are in the same boat they're they're and and the reason the reason that's an old term like they're in the same boat is because if your boat is sinking you don't necessarily reach out to people in the same boat because they're sinking with you right and so so when we say uh they're in the same boat where that term really comes from you want to call to a boat that isn't sinking and have them come alongside you and take you aboard. And so relationally, you want to reach higher than you are. You don't want to reach at the same level or lower. And I've seen people even with like, you know, I've seen people on Periscope 
um, I'm, um, oh man, I'm having marital problems. What do I do? That's their title. And I'm like, are you serious? You're going to go to random people who most likely have messed up relationships. And then there, there ends up being a whole lot of flirting and Hey baby and whatever. And, and like, you just went to the wrong source. Now it's different if you have a private group on Periscope of people that are mentors, people that you look up to people who have functional relationships and, um, you know, you take your car to somebody who knows more about cars than you. You take, you, hopefully, hopefully when you go to a physician, they know more about medicine. They know more about that sickness than you do. If they don't, don't go. Right. Uh, so if you have a relational issue, you better be going to somebody who has, has a better handle, better experience, and has succeeded, has conquered whatever it is that you're going through, or don't listen to them. Quit listening to people who know less than you. Amen, bro. That's why life coaching irritates me because any knucklehead, and I mean that in a mean way, I mean that in the way it's meant to mean, they're a knucklehead. Any bozo can say they're a life coach. Not anybody can say that they have a clinical degree in psychology with a master's degree who worked their butt off to get it and understands family systems and all the other stuff. Just saying, yeah. if, if you have a choice between going to a 25-year-old life coach and somebody like me who's got years and years of experience, yeah. it might be worth 50 more bucks an hour to get me as opposed to the young, you know, the knucklehead. And I don't mean that I mean well, but, but I mean it in the way I mean it. <laughs> You know what I mean, Ron? Yeah, you know what I mean. Social media has really um, paved the way for a lot of self-appointed whatever, yeah. especially in the area of coach. It's become, it's actually hurt the word. Like um, it, mm. if you mm -hmm. met people who, who have been under our toolage over the last 35 years, you'd probably say my wife and I are coaches. You'll never see it in my title. I think the word has been so abused. It has been so hurt on social media. They're like, oh, another life coach. Yeah. And so it, it's interesting that there's an individual you just talked about that's, you know, a character in this book who was on the airplane, Frank, and and he actually has it printed on his business card. He's, you know, a, a life coach. And so I think there's people out there who have earned it, but not just earned it, they're good at it. Yeah. So you can even have the degree and that may not be enough. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um, I, I know some people who have degrees in psychology and they're complete nutcases. Yeah. Like they have trouble holding a conversation with human beings. <laughs> they'd rather talk to their hamster. And I, so I would agree um, with you on most people in the field, but I've done my work. Just saying, so you know, I'm super good yeah, at it. There you go. Yeah. And so you do want to be careful, but I'm saying if you're going through a relational hassle, yeah. if you're dealing with insecurity, find somebody in your life who isn't insecure, find somebody who's secure. They know where they're going. They've whipped some of these things. They've conquered it. They've been through it, done that. And, um, and you know, but they've done it successfully. They maybe went through a bad marriage, but, but now they're doing it successfully. Maybe they went through bad relationship, but they get, they got it down now and they're doing good and they're moving forward. Be careful who you take advice from. And um, this book really sets up some really good scenarios of, of what we call mentorship. That's true. And and I thought it was brilliant. It really is. Really, really good. And yeah, <clears throat> you know, sometimes people don't don't understand. Uh, I admit I can be a, I can I can sound harsh to to some people at times, but it's because they don't understand what I'm doing to help them. 
<clears throat> you know, because sometimes you really just need to smack somebody really hard for them to get it. And I don't mean literally hit them, but I, I do mean, you know, sometimes you just have to use blunt force to get the point across because they're not going to hear you otherwise. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Okay, anyway, we could talk a lot, but our time's about up. I learned that in therapy school. Wow. Just uh -oh. kidding. No. So, uh, yeah, so, okay, go ahead and go ahead and wrap it up with a pretty bow and, you know, and... Oh, um, <laughs> we did talk about accountability last week. We kind of jumped ahead and, mm -hmm. and talked a little bit about that. And um, uh, that's coming up in chapter nine. And I think it's written in a way that you're going to love it. I don't care what framework you are from. I think you're going to love it. But really navigate your faith is exactly that. It's, it's, it's going to help you understand what you know, what you don't know, but understand what you believe, but also give you answers. There's a lot of books tell you the problem. This book gives you the answers. Yep. I think you're really going to enjoy Navigate Your Faith. And I'm so blessed by all the comments I'm getting from people. Yeah, well, congratulations. I mean that. Well done, Holy Spirit, using Ron to, to write the book. I, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't mean that, too. It's a, it's a great book. Um, and I'm not just saying that. I'm not trying to flatter you, just so you know. Okay, anyway. <laughs> All right, everybody, just go to Amazon. I can't go to Amazon.com or wherever you want. You know, if you want to support Amazon, go to Barnes and Nobles, ChristianBook.com, wherever, and then you can buy Navigate Your Faith. All right. So, um, Ron, tell everybody where they can see your show and all that other stuff before we leave. Um, my goodness, there's a special going right now. If you um, our, our show, which is Alaska Missionaries, if you just type in Alaska Missionaries DVD, you're going to find multiple ways. Um, to purchase that yourself. I know Jim Baker has an amazing special. I've never seen it so cheap. So you can get all six episodes through jimbaker.com. And uh, it, you can actually get the book from him like at half price right now from him. So I might as well tell you that. So that's a little secret that most people don't know. So I was live on the show and, and um, that w that aired this week. Over uh, 300 million households is what they, they cover. So um, so we're selling a lot of those books. I don't know how many more he has left, but that's Jim Baker show.com Jim Baker show.com. And, um, and also I'll put, um, a few things here. Um, I think that's about it, man. I really appreciate, um, the, the time I appreciate the, the interview and we're, we're leaving, I'm leaving going, um, off off the grid here in just a few days. We hit the Yukon River and I'll be gone for about 10 weeks. And if I fly back and get some sort of signal, we'll do some broadcast, but I'll be gone for a while. I always lose followers in the summer. Happens every year. That's okay. Well, I don't think you're going to have to worry about that after being on Jim Baker's show. <laughs> anyway. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for tuning in for the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to subscribe to my YouTube channel over on YouTube. It's Bible News Radio. And uh, and thanks for watching us on Periscope and everywhere else. And uh, remember, as I always say at the end of every show, be bold, stand up, and go with God. Because he loves you people. Yeah, he does. He wants to change your life, and I hope you let him. <laughs>